Hey everybody, my name is Mark Vance. I'm the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church in Ames, Iowa, and I'm welcoming you again to the Equip Podcast. This is a podcast put out by Cornerstone Church designed to help you live a faithful and fruitful life whether wherever Jesus has called you into whatever situation Jesus has called you. And today we're talking about a situation where a lot of us are facing something we've never faced before, which is we are I don't know if the word is stuck at home. We have the privilege of being called by God to be socially isolated with our family for a period of time due to the coronavirus. And a lot of us as parents are walking through, what does it look like to live in that place and in that space with wisdom? And so I am joined today by Julia Brozanelli and Samantha Kelly. I'm going to throw it to both of you guys to introduce yourselves. What do you guys do on the Cornerstone staff team? And uh, what's your role and kind of a little bit about yourself. So let's go Samantha first for you. Okay. Hi, I'm Samantha Kelly. Um, I'm on staff with the Cornerstone Kids. I get to oversee the nursery, which is the three and under age. Um, I'm married to Shane Kelly. We have three kids, ages 14, seven, and four. Um, And actually kind of a fun fact about me is that I came to faith at Cornerstone Church in 2003 as part of the um, high school ministry escape. That's awesome. And Julia, what about you? Give us this Julia story. Julia Verzemley, and I am the Cornerstone Kids Director. Um, I oversee a great team at Cornerstone that helps lead and shepherd the Cornerstone families and kids. And um, I've been married to my wonderful husband, Nick Verzemley. I have two kids, uh, Grace, she's a middle schooler. She just turned 12, and Landon will be turning 10 soon. And um, I'm originally from Montana, and our family has been involved at Cornerstone Church for about seven years now. Okay, so that's Julia, that's Samantha, and if on occasion Sam or Julia cut out, it's actually because they are literally uh, trying to figure out how to work from home with kids, balancing all those sorts of things right now, and so I want to get into this conversation. The kids are at home, mom and dad are at home, we're all trying to figure out massively how to homeschool in America, and all of these things that are going on, but in particular, the theme of the conversation today is I don't want to miss the opportunity that we have. Like, yes, there are some annoyances. Yes, there are some things that are difficult, but there's some unique opportunities where we're going to have a season at home with our families in a way that we don't want to miss for gospel opportunity. And so Julia and Sam, you guys recently with the Cornerstone Kids put out like a newsletter with a whole bunch of different options, opportunities, resources for you guys to learn and grow like as a family while you're home during this coronavirus time. So what I want to do is just kind of throw it to you, Sam. What do you think if a family's thinking, what do we do to seize on this opportunity to grow together? Where are you telling them to start? I think that the most important start place to start is um, kind of an obvious one, the Bible. Um, I just think about that because uh, just recently in the F260 plan, we read Deuteronomy 6 um, and that's, uh, talks about God's faithfulness and how important, um, you know, uh, God's urging um, us to teach our children about his faithfulness. Um, so I think we think as a team that the most important resource that you can put into your own life is your Bible so that you are prepared to um, disciple your kids or help your kids understand what's going on around them. Hmm. That's awesome. So what? It, let me ask you both practically. How do you do this with the kids? Like, is it around the dinner table? Do you do it at the breakfast table? Uh, is it, you know, do you have the giant King James Bible, the family Bible? What are you guys using for your kids to help them get into the Bible? I would say I think it's really important just as the parents to be getting in the Bible yourselves. 
Um, so just finding that time for yourself, whether you're an early bird and you wake up early and do it, or, you know, you find a time during the middle of the morning where your kids get to watch an extra show and you go get in the word or, um, whatever you need to do to get your own time. Um, and then as far as kids go, I think it depends a lot on your age group of kids. Um, we have a teenager in our house, but we also have, um, two younger kids. And so, um, we've just found the storybook Bibles to be really helpful. Um, we found some of the, uh, devotionals to be helpful to read around the dinner table, things like that. But, um, we try not to make it too complicated, um, because we want our kids to understand the, the main point behind it rather than all of the process of all the things. You know, a lot of times I encourage dads, dads get so intimidated, intimidated by this, Sam. Like I remember growing up with my dad and we would try doing family devotions about every six months until it was just two to three weeks in and it was so awkward. We're all just like, dad, we don't need to do this. We're, we're good. <laughs> And, but at the same point, I respected him for trying. I respected that he gave the effort. And so one of my biggest encouragements to dads is it's never going to be a joy until you push past the awkward. You, like you got to go through awkward to get to great. And so if you're a mom or a dad out there, I think Sam's advice is prioritize your own time. I think that's foundational, but some of it is just take it up and read it. Just say, Hey, we're just going to read this passage out loud and then read it out loud. And you probably won't have the Holy Spirit fall from heaven, but you might just, you know, read the Bible out loud and not die. And I think that would be a good goal. So start simple. Julia, Sam, are there any particular, like, of the story Bibles, the storybook Bibles, give us, like, your favorites. Kind of rank them a little bit here. Like, what do you like for, like, younger kids? What do you like for one step older? Julia, what do you go to? Yeah, so um, a lot of people are very familiar with the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is fantastic. But there's a new Bible out right now that's called the Promise of God Storybook Bible. That one has just been really, really great um, and has just awesome discussion questions that you can answer, ask your kids, and they can answer afterwards. So our family just tends to do... um, stuff around the dinner table at night or right before bedtime. And um, I know that a lot of parents are trying to figure out ways to like get their kids to read more. So this is also just a great opportunity to have their kids um, read out loud and then ask those questions. And then um, easily a conversation can happen from some of those questions. So all these resources, we're going to throw a bunch of them out today. Uh, they were on the Cornerstone Kids email newsletter, which we will give a little way for you to sign up for that in the show notes today. The other thing is we'll list all the resources in those show notes or on a website link from there so you can get access to that. So I want to jump back in beyond just time in the word. Uh, right now is a tricky time for kids and for parents. There's anxiety and there's a lot of how do I talk to my kids even about the coronavirus or what do we do? What are some of the resources you'd point parents and families to there? Yeah, there are a lot of resources out there and so much information. Um, So we've just spent some time just looking at um, different articles and we found uh, some really great ones of just ways to practically talk to your kids about um, coronavirus, just to explain it really well, Um, a worksheet to help talk to your kids about it. And um, like Mark said, there are going to be a lot of kids that are dealing with some anxiety um, and they aren't going to be able to just really um, communicate that well. They might not even know what it is. So if your kids are talking a little bit about um, a tummy ache or if they're a little bit more emotional than normal, um, just kind of touch base with them, um, talk to them about these feelings and um, 
for sure, just uh, go to the articles that we've um, that we're going to be listing down below um, and in our emails, just so that you guys can um, know how to talk to your kids about these situations. So, like, let's say there's one book or article that's a go-to for you. I know you guys have walked this some through in your home, Sam. Like, give me a go-to for parents at home. So like Julia said, we have a lot of articles listed on our um, email that we'll send out. But um, actually one thing that's been really helpful to our house um, is we do have a child that was struggling with anxiety well before the coronavirus things came out. Um, And so we actually found this book called What to Do When You Worry Too Much, A Kid's Guide to Overcoming Anxiety. Um, This is a kind of a workbook um, that I worked through with one of my kids um, around bedtime just for a few minutes each night before bed. Um, And it just kind of talks about how anxiety is like a tomato plant and you know, whenever we water or take care of those tomatoes, they're obviously going to grow. So um, that was a really helpful way for me to explain it to my child that the more we think about our worries, the bigger that they grow. Um, and it's not necessarily a Christian book, but I think it lines up really well with um, Philippians 4, 8, when Paul talks about, you know, how to meditate on things that are true and honorable and praiseworthy. So I want to jump this forward to books. So we, uh, we are a family that we just finished uh, reading Chronicles of Narnia. That was a great one. Um, I've got older kids. So we have two. Uh, basically, we read a lot of times at night before we're going to bed. Um, I don't even know if it's before we're going to bed. It's before the time when the kids are supposed to be going to bed and when <laughs> it puts me to bed. It, I read it. I have a glass of warm milk. I just do my jams and get to sleep. And so uh, we're reading right now. We finished Chronicles of Narnia and we just started something called the Green Ember series. It's kind of like really interesting, like oh, nice. action adventure stuff with rabbits, which everybody wants that. Everybody's into that. And then the other thing we're reading right now is the Wing Feather Saga by Andrew Peterson. So uh, he's a Christian recording artist, but it's awesome books, really interesting. And so if parents are looking for just even books, we're just trying to find something to not just be watching TV as a family, but to be trying to find good quality books. You, and, but yet I think one of the tricky parts is the library closed. Like we were trying to get to the library the day it closed and it shut down. So if I couldn't get to the library, I mean, do you have any hints on that? Like as a family to cultivate reading when the library is closed? Yeah, we've been dealing with this a lot too because um, we. I feel like we basically lived at the library, um, either either at their story times or just playing with the toys or just checking out the books and all the resources. So, um, a few things that probably a lot of uh, people already know about are apps like Hoopla and Canopy, spelled with a K. I literally have no clue what you're talking about. What is this? <laughs> um, well, they're just there's apps that you can download, and they actually are through the Ames Public Library, and so you can use your library card to check out books for free. Um, on those apps. So those are really great. The only downside is you can only get like six a month, I think. Um, so if you're like me and you have little kids, you know, if you check out one Berenstein Bears book, that's your one checkout for the month. And that will take like three minutes to read. So, uh, so anyway, just, you have to be careful with what you want to actually check out. Mm. Um, other apps that we've found for our family have been an app called Epic, which it does cost money per month. I think it's six or $7 a month. Um, but it just has a lot of, um, really great, um, just, uh, ebooks and um, audio books and um, just a lot of very great things for kids to interact with. And of course there's Audible. Um, and I think Audible just released some free books because of everything going on with the coronavirus. 
Um, but actually one thing that we've been doing a lot at our house and maybe some people wouldn't think this is reading, but, um, we've actually been going on YouTube and I just simply type in read aloud and then a book of whatever I'm looking for. Um, and then I let somebody else read it out loud to my kids and, um, we count it for reading sometimes because it's, it works really well. And, um, we don't have all the books at our house that I wish we had. Yeah. And also, um, we're going to be having some of our storytellers, um, or other people or people on our team going to be reading some, um, read out loud stories to families. So, um, that's going to be something that will be coming out in the next few weeks that, um, families can look forward to and just set up a computer and iPad and just let kids listen to stories. Julia, where are people going to be able to get that content? Are they getting it from your website, the, your email newsletter? Where do they get that? Yeah. So we'll be sending out, um, book suggestions, uh, through email. And so if you want to be added to that list, you're able to do that. Okay. So Um, again, show notes, get subscribed to that Cornerstone Kids email newsletter. And even for people who don't attend Cornerstone throughout the time of the coronavirus, really that email newsletter is like a one-stop resource shop for families every week. And I, I just would encourage anybody, the first email you sent out, Julia, was so good. That was really what prompted this uh, podcast was I read that through and I thought, well, I can't do better than that. I need to talk to these people. So, okay. I want to jump forward though, to what you do at home because I, can um, I, um, nice. No, Julia, you can, of course you can. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to suggest one more really good. Um, the lion, the witch and the wardrobe is fantastic. And all those movies are those books are fantastic. One more or two more really good series is Tales That Tell the Truth has fantastic books, fantastic, and um, good news for little hearts. So if families are looking for more, those are a little bit for younger kids, and those are fantastic books. Um, Good News for Little Hearts are books that help equip children who are facing trials. Um, And so they're just, they're cute, they're about animals, um, they're wonderful. So those are two other series that I would encourage for families. Okay. So now we are loaded up with our like bundle of resources for our bundles of joy known as our children. But I want to spend the last few minutes here talking about the stress of having everybody home all the time and how you navigate that. Like what are you guys doing to balance kids at home, work, family, all this stuff going on? How are you handling that? So um, for me personally, it's been really, really hard. Um, First of all, our family, along with probably a ton of families, um, we're planning a really fun spring break. Um, We were excited to just take a break. We were excited to connect with um, some friends, to relax. And that just didn't happen. And that I'm sure didn't happen for a lot of people. And um, I know that that's not like our highest priority, but it was still hard and it's still disappointing. Um, and my kids were sad. And, um, so our days have just been a little long and little hard. And I have actually talked to a lot of moms that have felt this way. Um, my job in the last week has been thinking a ton outside of the box. Um, just learning how to connect with people in a totally different way. Um, so it's been a lot of energy and it's been hard. Um, and I know that a lot of parents are at home, um, still trying to work. And so I just want to encourage parents to not think that they're not doing a good job. Um, we just have to remember for one, that spring break was just last week. So really technically school only started yesterday. Um, 
And if you don't have like homeschooling going on or a schedule, that's okay. Um, it's okay to give ourselves a little bit of, of break and a little bit of grace as we also are trying to, you know, adjust to all of these differences. Um, I just feel like I want to encourage families, um, to just continue to lean on Jesus during this time. Um, and if all you're doing at the end of the day is daily devotions with your kids, um, around the table or at nighttime before they go to bed and, um, continuing, continuing to remind them that God is in control, um, that we're called not to worry, um, then you're doing a great job because there's just a lot of adjustments going on right now. So what are you guys doing, Sam? How's that going in the, the Kelly household? You know, it's funny. If you would have asked me last week, I would have said it's not going so well. Um, because for some strange reason, I thought, um, micromanaging our entire day seems like a really, um, normal thing to do and having expectations that our kids would hop from, you know, one way of life to a new way of life and being, you know, more mature than adults and even adapting more than adults for some reason seems, um, like it made sense in my head. And so we, you know, marched ahead with that whole like list of every single minute of our day, trying to be intentional and doing all the work and all the things. Um, and so last Monday was, actually spring break, but it was school at our house <laughs> and it did not go well, um, for the kids. There's a lot of tears and it wasn't just the kids with tears. I mean, it was, it was a lot. Um, but, uh, thankfully I, I, um, just have been working on the reset, you know, um, because Jesus didn't call us to do everything perfectly. Um, but he, he, he died for us and rose for us. And so that because of that, we have the gospel that helps us know that when we get ourselves in that situation, you know, where I'm um, making sarcastic comments to my kids or losing my patience or um, just mindlessly scrolling on my phone while my kids looking straight at me, waiting for me to give them my attention. Um, you know, I can stop in the moment and I can say, I'm, I'm sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong of me. Please forgive me. Um, so we've had a lot of opportunities to learn that this week, um, both with the kids and with um, me. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just learning again and again and again that the gospel applies to every part of my life. And, you know, God does not expect me to be a mom that suddenly turned into a teacher, a chef and tightrope walker all of a sudden overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Julia had said, it, you ha- we have to lean into Jesus all the time and um, we have to receive grace and extend grace to each other. So we do still have a schedule. Um, I think it is important to keep some, you know, normalcy to your life. Um, and I think the two times we try really hard to guard in our house are the afternoon rest times because we have younger kids. Um, and then also the bedtimes just because, you know, Shane and I need time to ourselves in the evening without our kids. And so, um, yeah, we just try to keep those things consistent and let everything else fall where it needs to fall. And, um, to be honest, our kids are watching way more TV than they ever normally would. And I'm just learning to be okay with that. Okay. So, I want to jump a final question here for both of you and then wrap this up. The final question is this, what do you hope to gain out of this time of being stuck at home? Like even the phrase I'm stuck at home. I'm trying to rewire that in my brain right now to go. I have an opportunity in the next, let's say it's four weeks or if it's two months to actually hit the reset button in a way in my home that I'm never going to have. Like I have like instantly all my kids after school activities, all the youth sports for the first time in their childhood time, 
I wasn't coaching two soccer teams and I don't know how long. And while I love those things and I miss those things, I really like wish I could be hanging around with my friends. There was something like really precious about, Hey, we have this chance to hit reset and ask, is this stuff we've filled our lives up with really filling us or is it leaving us really drained? And so I have these, like, I don't hope, I don't think they're lofty goals. I think the biggest goal I have in my head is God, let this reset my heart, my values, my way of seeing the world. I just want a fresh set of eyes from this. What are you praying for your family? What's your big hope for your family this time? Yeah, I think for our house, it would just be, um, we have really found a new way to simplify our life. Kind of like what you're talking about, Mark. Um, you know, our family has always been a family that runs all over the place and, um, tries to get involved in things and, um, finds ourselves, finds our, finds our family, you know, just having a lot of people around and as a major extrovert, you know, that's very natural for me. Um, so this is just, um, my biggest hope during this time is that we can learn to simplify our life and kind of like what Cornerstone is really encouraging people to do just to dig deep roots um, and, um, you know, just really help us to find, um, to find, um, why God matters to us and, um, find ways that we can really follow him, even if, um, other people aren't being able to, um, to see what we're doing. Yeah. And I would say for me, um, our family, uh, doesn't opt to do all the activities. Now that our kids are a little bit older, we're doing a little bit more, um, sports and stuff, but, um, we love, absolutely love to be home and playing games. Um, so we will probably continue to be home and playing a lot of games. And I want to encourage families to do that. Um, games are fun as a family. Um, it's, educational if you have the right games and it's also really good to have your kids learn how to lose once in a while. Um, so we'll probably continue to do that. Um, and as, as far as, um, just with my kids being at home a lot, I want to just help them to be more creative, um, even in their walk with Christ. Um, so this is a great time for, um, Grace to just open up her Bible and learn and just have more time to learn. And um, for us, just as a family, um, while we're watching church um, in our living room on Sunday mornings, just to worship just with the four of us, um, it's going to seem a little awkward at first, but just to get used to that and just um, just to humbly walk before Christ um, in front of our each other in a living room. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just praying that we can um, just grow closer together, read a lot more books, and um, for us just to lean on Christ every day. Well, Julia, Samantha, we love you guys. We're so thankful for the ways you lead at Cornerstone. And I'm thankful for the mindset shift you guys bring. Um, rather than saying, oh, no, the coronavirus has happened. My life is over. I don't know what to do. And kind of panic, trying to throw in everything together. What if we all stepped back collectively and said, uh, God has given us a rare opportunity to hit pause on the rat race that is American family life, to hit pause on all the things we're filling our time and our life with so that we slow down and learn how to eat together and how to pray together and how to be together and most of all, how to dig deep roots into Christ. And so I'm thankful for the ways you're leading us out in that. And again, all the resources that we mentioned above, they'll be listed in the show notes. And we'd love for you to share those widely with others. Be a blessing to anyone that you can. 
as we all are trying to be faithful and fruitful in this time for Christ. Julia, Sam, thanks for your time. Appreciate you guys so much.